This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This week on RVER, sponsored by Progressive Insurance. I'm sorry, I... Can't operate on that vehicle. But, Doctor, you took an oath. That RV, it's my son's RV. Oh, Doctor, isn't there anything you I'm can do? I'm not a miracle worker, Sheila. I'm an RV surgeon, trained to save the lives of large injured recreational vehicles, which is definitely a real profession. When your RV really needs saving, Progressive has you covered. See if you could save with a leader in RV insurance. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates covered subject to policy terms. Welcome back. This is That Mill Podcast. This is Closed Season, show number seven. We are back with another show straight after the Euro uh, final weekend and also Millwall's first pre-season friendly. So there's a few parts again where we're going to Millwall. We're going to the Euros. But first, by no more least, let's get the show hosts on board. Joined, as always, by my regular partner in crime, the one and only Omar. How did you do, Mecca? You all right? You good? You're not too bad, mate. Not too bad. You recovered from yesterday? You thought, I'd be, you thought I'd be a lot more high in today. I know I you thought did, you, so. Yeah, I <laughs> thought you were going to be, you know, pleasing our American listeners. I thought you were going to be uh, the drag queen again, but, you, but you're yeah. definitely not. So I was uh, well disappointed. behaved. Well behaved yeah, dis- Disappointed, if I'm honest to you, mate. So, yeah. We're also joined by the football guru, the one and only hungover for the first time ever, Kai. How you doing, Kai? Yeah, I'm doing. I'm not doing. I'm not doing too bad, mate. Um, disappointed about last night's result, but um, it's coming home in 2022. There we go. So, if we can just warn listeners, uh, please don't do anything loud, make any loud noises. Kai is uh, he's suffering a little bit, so just remember treat him with delicate gloves. But listen, boys, you um, you're obviously missing the Millwall, and I've got you a treat today. Um, I found us a Scottish correspondent who uh, was at the pre-season friendly, 
watched Millwall versus Motherwell. So without further ado, let's bring in Gary. How you doing, Gary? You all right? Not too bad, mate. How are you? Yeah, good, mate. Good. Good. Um, nice of you to join us. Millwall fan living in bandit country or behind enemy lines. England fan as well. So uh, definitely, definitely well within enemy lines. So, um, gents, you're the football boys. You got a question for Gary about Saturday's game? Well, obviously we played them, didn't we? We won 2-0 against Motherwell by all accounts. Um, yeah, I mean, Gary, how was it? I mean, obviously I see there was two sides, weren't there? There was a first half 11 and a second half 11 by looks of things. Yeah, game of two halves. The stronger side were out probably the first half. Um, dominated the game start to finish. Um, important to stress, they were playing against the Motherwell side that had about six trialists in it. Mm-hmm. Um, one or two that are um, no long back after being away on international duty so wasn't expecting too much from them but they looked very strong from the outset they had a corner within about 60 seconds could have scored within 60 seconds um, but what was what was pleasing was they actually the ball retain was better um, mm-hmm. even though it was played at training pace they retained the ball a bit better Um and it was pleasing to see. It was good to see live football, actually, for the first time in about 19 months, it feels like. Nice. Yeah, of course. I can imagine. I'm the same, obviously, with the Euros and stuff, being able to go to a couple of them games. Just like feeling like it, the football's back and stuff. Um, but I saw the team. It looked like in the first half, it was a back five. Is that correct? It looks like it kind of same as it was last season a little bit. Yeah. Ballard stood out for me as well. He was quite strong and quite assured. Oh, nice. I think Robert's going to have a problem picking his... Uh, his back four, back five, depending on how he wants to play it. Yeah, nice. It looked like it was a 5-3-2 with Jed up front with, with uh, uh, who is it? A phobie. How was a phobie? Did it look good? Yeah. Again, hard to judge him five minutes. Um, yeah. But he certainly looked like it. once he gets up to speed, once he gets up to fitness, I think very asset. Um, he was a nuisance. Mm-hmm. He looks powerful. And yeah. he good defences are torrid a torrid um, time in, in the coming season. And I think he's linked up play with Jed as well. I think that'll be crucial. Definitely. I mean, it's obviously something that maybe we might see from Rout going forward. I think the first half 11, just for the benefit of the viewers, was Bielkowski, Cooper, um, and I think it was Ballard and Evans, I'm going to say, in the back yeah. three. Um, oh, Pierce, sorry, in the back three. And then you had two wing backs, Malone and I think Romeo. And a midfield pairings, well, you had... Evans, Thompson, Savile, and then the two up top of being a Phoebe and Wallace. So with the midfield, was it like a quite obvious it was like three midfielders in there, would you say, or was one further forward out of the three of them have interest? I think Tomo was kind of pushing quite forward actually. Yeah. Um, a few chances to, to try and score mm. over his goal. Um but I think he's keen to impress. I was talking to him after the game, I said, I'm hearing the, we're all hearing the rumours, mm-hmm. but nothing concrete. And hopefully it'll stay. Because I think, again, it's good to have a couple of young lads from the area. This 100%. Team. Um, but he, he, he was very he had a good first half. But again, it's hard to judge because obviously I think the benefit was just getting minutes under their belts more than mm. anything. No, of course. I mean, yeah, it was obviously pre-season, I suppose. But yeah, it was. It, I mean, it's interesting to see, obviously, with the team now. I think, was Thompson's, what was the goal like for Thompson's goal? Was it well built up? or? Yeah, um, Malone cross in from the, from the wing. And, nice. Uh, I think he popped it in his head actually hard to, it was hard to see at times because obviously they were wearing training tops and we were a, we were a wee bit away from the actual mm-hmm. um, pitch we were a, like on a hill looking down 
And as you could see from where we were behind the goals, there was actually netting up. There was like eight foot of netting. So you could only, you could see the goalkeeper's head half the time I thought scored. But the keeper had actually saved it. Nice. I mean, uh, Kai, you got any questions to come in with? Um, I just wanted to see, um, how did um, how did Jed, Savile and Afobi link up? Was that, um, did they, obviously, because they played together before, so I just wanted to see whether they, you know, it was seamless or whether, you know, they might need a bit of time to, to get going again. I think they'll need a bit of time to get going again. It's only, because it's only really a training game, um, they weren't really being pressed. It wasn't playing at a normal league match speed. Um, but I think as they, as they start to play and they start to have a better understanding of it, I think, again, it could be they'll give some defences a torrid time. As Robert said at the end of the game, he might not be familiar with Motherwell, but Motherwell are a horrible, horrible team to play against at times. Um, and the, coming out of the game without any injuries and, and unscathed was a, a massive bonus at the moment, especially so early on in pre-season. The Scottish, the Scottish media seems to have been a, a bit harsh on Motherwell to have lost that game, didn't they? Because they had a good pre-season so far, because you start the season earlier, didn't you? Yeah, well, Motherwell, again, Motherwell's team is full. I think, they're again, the basis of their team is about five or six trialists. They play Queen's Park in their first in the cup game on Wednesday night. So there was a lot of players probably being rested before that. Scottish media are, are very critical at times of teams. Motherwell actually played all right. They came into it again in the second half. When they took when the teams changed over the second half, Motherwell came into it a bit more, um, which meant they had a wee bit more of the ball, which meant Motherwell had to defend. Created a couple of chances. What I will say is, George Long had a good 45 minutes when he came on. Um, called into action more or less straight away and was strong, had a couple of good saves, which would do his confidence a wee bit good as he challenges the Batman for, for the number one spot in the season ahead. But I think, thinking of me, it was a good run out for, for the boys. Um, Motherwell were, tough, as I say, a tough team to play against um, and got the fitness up. Oh, go on, Amal. I was going to say, it looked like a, obviously back five first half. I think second half, was it a bit of a 4-4-2 maybe I'm trying to move to? Bit of a 4-4-2 um, in the second half. Yeah, I think because the team obviously, again, like was uh, Long, McNamara, Wallace, left back, I imagine, Hutchinson and Alex Mitchell. How was Mitchell, the, the young centre-half? Did he see yeah, much? he was all right. He, he caught away everything that came at him. Because right. some of the young lads were in the second half, they... Mm-hmm. They were a bit on. They they performed against that. Some of these players. He was up against Tony Watt, who used to play for Celtic. Yep. And he done well against them. Nice. And then I think for the rest of the team, it was a uh, Tyler Bury, Billy Mitchell, Kefton Belt, Mahoney, and then obviously Bennett and Smith up top. I think Smith was the one that got the goal, wasn't it, in the second half? Got the goal. I tell you, Mahoney actually looked on. Looked to. He was. Um, I got a text message for. Um, one of my mates, he knows somebody from Motherwell and he said that Mahoney was 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 a standout for him in the second half. Nice. Malone was a standout in the first and Mahoney was a standout in the second. You you chatted to a few of the players there as well, didn't you? Um, yeah. And obviously one of them who's, who's just come back, Savile. Um, how was he? Has he settled in? Is he glad to be home or, or yeah, glad to be back again? That was one of the first things I asked him. I said, you're happy to be back? And he, and he said, yeah, I'm happy to be back within the club. <clears throat> Excuse me. He was delighted to get to get it done, and I think what you can see you can see what Rowett's trying to do is he's, he's, he's building a team, and he's building a good team spirit. Oh, laughing and joking, um, walking out in twos and threes. There wasn't any individuals walking about. They were all involved. They were all laughing and joking, which tells me there's a good squad spirit coming in the season ahead. I mean, who, who obviously you said that you spoke you spoke to Rowett 
before the game. I mean, how how was he? Obviously, how was he with you? And were they pleased that uh, you your fans come up? Yeah, well, they were Robert and uh, Anne Barry had thanked us for coming for coming down. I took my daughter, um, so she could see it just as a, a day out as well. And I think they were happy just to see some fans. Um, at that point, it was only two of us, my, my, me and my daughter. But as the game started, as I said, there seven Millwall fans behind um, when the game started. But I think they were pleased to see us, thanked us for obviously taking taking the time out to come down, especially when it was behind closed doors. Um, but having a chat with Gary, I think he, he was pleased with how the, the camp has gone. Um, they like the facilities up here because they were up here last year as well. Um, and I think that they were impressed with the facilities, so they were back up again this year, a wee bounce game. And I think he was happy, because I said, I asked him about obviously getting his business done early doors, and I think he was happy to get the business done early doors, because that allows the players, time, these new players, to come in and settle and understand what, what Millwall's all about. Did he mention any um, players still coming in? Did he say that he's still going to be looking to sign, or I think is he was, that, that is it? He's maybe hopeful, maybe another one or two. But he obviously, he will not tell, wouldn't he tell me who, what? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you also had a chat with Bennett. I mean, Bennett seems to have fitted right in with the team now. Um, he seems to be finding himself. I mean, how, how how did you feel about him? How did he come across? Yeah, very, very friendly. Um, they, they Taking time out. I mean, I could have very understood if they wanted to walk the opposite direction because of the COVID and the pandemic and all that. But no, it was a complete opposite. We walked from the, the changing rooms down to their hotel when my car was parked. Just talking, we were talking about a couple of different things. Talking about, like, asking me why I support Millwall, talking about um, Mother Club Rangers and all that, because they lost to Tranmere earlier on in that day as well. And they were quite surprised at that. But again, very friendly, um, and everything was all jovial. And I think, nice. I think hopefully he'll come good, because I think we need a striker like him just to put some goals in the back of the net. What's your uh, personal hopes and expectations then? Obviously, you know, we've made some of these signings, like, you know, for going into next season. I mean, what's your gut feeling, Said? I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that Rowett's always said about a three-year plan since he's been at the club. And he said, first two years kind of stabilised with the table. And I feel like this is the year where, like, he's going to give it a good go to try and push us up there a little bit. I think I think this is the year we've got to come good. I think, as I said to, I said to Rowett, we're a club that will always punch above our weight in the Championship simply because if you look at the, the, some of the teams that are in that Championship, they've been up to the Premier League, they've had the riches and they still live, live on that budget. We're we're we are small time in that league. So if we were to say, if we, we finish fourth bottom, it would always be a successful season. But I think mm-hmm. now we need to push on and I'd like to go top six via the players. Yeah, that'd be amazing. I mean, that's, I'm kind of hoping for that. I just can't wait for football to come back, obviously, and be able to go to the games and stuff. Do you often travel down to London yourself or get to any games? Or I can get to most of the game, some of the games in the north, um, a lot closer for us. Yeah, uh, but I'm hopefully to try and get down this season a lot more than what I have done over the last couple of years. Nice. I mean, the thing is as well is that I think with the team, what is is building is that. You've got the team spirit was there, which seems to be there. And I think that hopefully Jed and Savile can create what they had before. Um, obviously, we were speaking before we were recording, before the other guys joined. Is that, um, I agree with you, Gary, that, you know, the way Savile left wasn't the best. And I think he sort of owes us something um, to hit the ground running. And hopefully him and Jed form that partnership again. And, and, and we can terrify... Um, some of these teams 
uh, coming in because I think the biggest problem we had last year we were getting draws. Yep. And this so, year I think we need to get wins. Yeah, we need we need to transpose those draws into wins. Um, we need when we're in a winning position we need to keep that winning position. Um, and I think I'm I'm hopeful this season that this is a season that we'll, we'll we'll do something because we came close a couple of years ago when we just missed out and then we had a season where we kind of towards the bottom end. Last season, we, we had a good start and then we tapered off a wee bit and then we, we picked up again. But to get into that top six, we need to be consistent. So those draws need to become wins. Our home form is going to be key to that. And start hitting... Some of these games from away from home, we've got to start winning them as well. Absolutely. Fully agree. I mean, one other thing we picked up on up there is... That training kit is fucking horrible. <laughs> it is like whose idea that was, but well, I mean, I mean, we were supposed to have had the new kit last week, but obviously, <laughs> typical Millwall fashion, um, it's delayed. I think it's probably blamed on some courier delivery firm or, or somewhat. Probably didn't get ordered in time, but you know, probably COVID coming. Macron, I think, is Northern Italy, so it's probably something to do with there, but. You know, the new kit hopefully is coming out at some point this week. But the white training kit don't look too bad. But the blue one, just, uh, I, 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 I fucking hate it. It looks like something that my daughter would do in a tie-dye set or something like that. Maybe that's maybe that's it next season. We get your daughter to, to design, a, design a club with a tie-dye kit. Do you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I mean, I've not seen, this is probably the first season that I've not actually seen any leaked photos of the kit well it's funny because we were talking on saturday i mean a um, couple of lads were talking on saturday what a difference in behind the season in the club as well the the deal for savo was pulled out from under everybody's feet so we're going about our business the right way by keeping it indoors and only only finding out once the deals are done in terms of the strip and all that 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 should already be done in my opinion that that should already be released or the prototype released they obviously know what the strip's going to be like, so why not just give the fans what they want, show them it, let them see it, and then tell us there's a delay because of X, Y, and Z, and then we can all get excited about the new strip. I always think the new strip should come out either, you know, the couple of days after the last game of the season or the weekend after the last game of the season. You know, within two weeks of the last game of the season, I always think that that's when the new kit, at least showing you what it is, and then saying, you know, you can pre-order... And it's going to be available from June, you know, because I think you need it. You need it available early so that people all over can get the shirt. So, you know, don't just aim for the UK market. Aim for, you know, you boys started summer holidays earlier than us. Yep. Our kids aren't even on summer holidays yet. Yours go back soon. Ours don't. Then, you know, it, it's people around the world, everywhere else. So, yeah, to me, I think the whole kit release date is far, far too late. Yeah. It is every year. So, me, it shouldn't be looking at the new season when it comes out. It should be looking towards the end of the old season so that then you've got excitement and we can build through. And then, because you've got three kits, so realistically, there's a, there's a, a three-month break. Each month, you can have new excitement. You don't have to sell it straight away, but you can have new excitement. Yeah, and you can get you can get parents to, if they have got more than one kid, put money away until it comes out. I think that's something that frustrates me with my wall. The 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 shop side of it, it can be poor at times, and I think they miss tricks half the time to bring in a buck or two, or just promote it a bit better than what it is as well. 
I think that's why there's so many people do um, Millwall shirts, Millwall t-shirts, Millwall clothing, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, because the club shop is considerably poor. Um, yeah. I, I don't really buy anything from the club shop. I went in there the other week and they've got these England Millwall shirts, but they look poor. Um, the England badge is is not level with the Millwall badge, and it looks you know wrong. It just doesn't look nice. I wouldn't want to wear it, you know, compared to you know, wearing another shirt, you're just, you know, you're more likely to go out and do that rather than buy one from them because the quality side of it just isn't there on a mass-produced or or a cheaper mass-produced product. Um, I think once they find a good supplier, then maybe the quality will go up, but at the moment it's not. And I think we get a new kit supplier next year anyway, don't we? Here's what was something better than Macron because they, these strips don't actually excite me at all. No, and I think the problem we have is uh, unless we do... I mean, one of the things, here we go, one of the things when I was found on the board was that what comes to light is that a lot Bingo. of these, <laughs> a lot of these, um, a lot of these companies just give you off the shelf um, kit design. So it's basically, you can pick any one of those and you can have them in these colours. But other than that, that's it. If you want new designs and all that, then I think you need to be selling, you know, millions and millions of shirts like probably Man United Man City, Chelsea's the likes, um, yeah. where they can probably choose what they want on there. But for us, it's it's pretty much pre-designed. You can just change the colours. I think they need to. I think they need to. They've recaptured your fan base. The fans and the club seem to be a bit more closer together than what they, they used to be. Why not get the fans involved again like they did before? There was, I mean, there was some really really nice designs, and then at bottom end, there was some absolute horrible designs. But you mean the one we got picked? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we get hate mail from that one for saying that the yellow shirt was fucking horrible we will get hate mail for that um most people do but look um it's good having you on gary and it'll be fucking damn rude for a lot of the millwall faithful who um or obviously you know follow rangers and 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 want any insights into rangers obviously you're a rangers fan so um how are you how are you looking forward to rangers season and uh and are you still on cloud nine after last season? And do you think you're going to carry on for this season? Oh, listen, if you if you, we'd have had this chat a year ago and you'd have told me that in the league would have broken a country as, as bad as it did up here, I would have laughed at you. But it, I've always been cloud nine. It's, it's, it was an, an, a phenomenal achievement from where we were um, a couple of years ago. Gerard's came in and worked wonders. A little bit like Rowett, he had a two, three year plan. Um, had a wee few ups and downs, but this season's came good. Um, unbeaten in the league, disappointing in the cups. With an opportunity in both cups to to win the treble, but to pass that up, uh, done well in Europe. So I'm hopeful with a couple more signings we can kick on and have a right good season again next year. I'm not going to make any predictions. I've uh, I just as long as we win the league and do well in Europe, we need to get into the Champions League. That's where we need the money. And as long as you beat Celtic, yeah, as long as we beat that lot. And how I'm... many how many games do you how, how many times do you play Celtic in a season? Is it four, three? Minimum of four in the league. But if you throw in the two cup competitions, you could have up to six, maybe eight if it goes depending on where you get it. And the it's a replay in that as well. And it's not been known before that. We have played them in the league four times. We've played them in the cup. Went to replay. Played them in another cup. Um, but yeah, it's you never get sick of beating them. For for fans down here who've never been to an old firm derby, 
Um, and we did a, an interview with um, Alex Ray um, earlier on this year. And Alex Ray was obviously telling us that when he played and he, he played through, he, he got really hurt. And he said, the last thing you do is, he said it was at Celtic's ground. He said, there was no way I was going to tell these fucking bastards that I was injured. So I carried on and, I, and he had a proper injury. But he said that there is no other game really atmosphere-wise um, of of a, a derby game apart from Mill West Ham. Yeah. But, I mean, what is a old firm derby like for the fans what haven't been? Starts a week before. Starts a week before. The build-up starts a week before. It's one of those ones where workplaces will always be dominated with Rangers and Celtic fans. So you've got the build-up, whoever won the last game, or depend. obviously this season, we've had more um, bragging rights over them. Week before, you you get the Monday, Tuesday, you have the normal, yeah, we're going to win, we're going to win. Middle of the week, the nerves start to kick in. And then come come weekend time, it's the nerves are fully there. Normally starts 7 o'clock on a Saturday morning, tunes on, baby phone, because we're not allowed to kick off any later than 12 o'clock in a league game. Since the, the infamous um, battle of Parkhead in the cup game, Millennium and McCoy, so a lot of the games were moved. So they always kick off lunchtime. Um, they think it's going to stop trouble, but the game's finished at two o'clock. You've got all day, all night in the pubs. But um, it's a, it's it can it can last a week, and then depending on the result, it can last another couple of weeks after that. It's That's the thing people don't realise today that the it's more than football, isn't it? I suppose it's a it's a bit like us on West Ham, but it's it's on a different level. Uh, Rangers Celtic is is. It is yeah, it's on a completely different level. It's it's it, there's so much goes into it. Um, politics, religion, football, social issues, and all that as well. So there's a there's a there's certainly a unique setup from it, and the only way to actually fully understand it is to try and go to a game at some point, even though tickets are scarce, and and, and just take that atmosphere in. And tickets are always scarce, though, aren't they? Absolutely, especially also now because you you got the 800 away fans in at Ibrox and 800 in at Parkhead. So getting tickets for the away end is, is hard and even getting tickets for the home end because then they go on sale to season ticket holders and stuff like that as well. So it's like it's like hen's teeth. Yeah, that's what, I mean, those of you who haven't listened yet on the, um, there is on our Twitter account where we've gotten into the, di- into the Lions Den uh, feed and you'll see the Alex Ray interview on, on there, find it. Um, because he talks about one time he needed a ticket to go to an old firm dive. He couldn't get a ticket. It was it was when Rangers were going lift, to lift the title at Celtic's ground a few years back, and uh, and he had to go. So I think it was Peter Reid. Matt, I think it was Peter Reid, wasn't it, Omar? Yeah. Peter Reid said, well, I've got you a ticket for um, you're basically going to Sunderland's chief scout. And what he didn't, and he said, you've got to wear suited and booted. And he went and basically they'd put him in the Celtic end. So he's in the director's box, but on the Celtic side of it. And uh, he didn't realise. And then halfway through the game, some geezer suddenly stood up and fucking recognised him and started having a pop at him. Um, and you'll have to listen to the register of the podcast to hear it because um, Alex does tell a fucking good story. <laughs> and uh, and the rest of it is on there. But yeah. Kai, you got any questions for Gary? 
Um, not really. I was just going to know one more question about the the game on on Saturday. It was um, did anyone play ninety minutes or was it was it all? No, you didn't. First half it was a uh, forty five minutes uh, with, with the teammate put out, and then I think I think it was Bury came off for the uh, Bodvarsson about seventy minutes. Yeah. So everybody got minimum. Everybody got minimum of forty five, except for Bury. I think it was. Yeah. Okay, that's that's interesting. I just wonder because they they did post like on their Twitter page afterwards said ninety in the tank and it put it put four pictures of players. I just uh, wonder whether any of them I didn't didn't notice didn't know what they did. I think it was just a case of and I think Savo and Bradshaw were actually talking about afterwards. I think for the next couple of games it's going to be forty five minutes as the as the games come on it'll be forty five forty five men will step up to sixty. But they did mention something about Watford as their next game because I thought we were playing Gillingham next. But he mentioned something about Watford, but I haven't seen anything. Yeah, no, I've not seen anything in Watford. Because um, I thought they were coming up to play Callum Davison's team. Yeah. Um, but they have, or maybe that changed because they're in Europe this year, aren't they? Yeah, I, they, I think they start next week or the week after. So I think their preparations would change. Uh, I actually thought, we, we'd actually heard that it was maybe Hearts and St. Johnston were looking to play. Um, but maybe when, maybe when England being in the, the final last night, maybe changed their plans. Yeah, back home and obviously sample a bit of the atmosphere. Back home, maybe that maybe they, they change their plans. I don't know, but there, there was talk about two games. Yeah, I saw that Billy Taylor, the head of communication, was at the game last night um, with a couple of other Millwall fans. I think there was a picture on social media um, with them all together. So yeah, mate, I don't know if Billy was in Scotland or not, but if if he was, then obviously at least they got back in time for the final. <laughs> so um, so yeah, but look, Gary, you've been a star. Um, I think if we get any more Scottish uh, pre-season friendlies, I think we'll come back to you. But also, if you're up for it, mate, it's not that bad, is it? It's easy to do. But if you're up for it, we'll get you on throughout the season, mate. And um, it'll be good to get your, your views, especially on some of the away games and stuff like that. We'll uh, we'll get you back on the chat mill wall. Absolutely. Get, keep in touch. Nice yeah, no, definitely. All right, well, look, that's it. That's end of part one. We will be back after this uh short interlude so uh and then we'll be talking euros england uh and everything what seemed to have happened on a sunday night so uh yep after this we'll be white membership fees apply after free trial cancel anytime can i be real with you for a second that goal you have to exercise and eat better you really can do it but nobody is going to do it for you nobody is going to push you out of bed to work out nobody is going to make you eat better but here's the thing nobody has to Because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. Two and a half million people, each doing the Beachbody program that fits our own goals. Over 80 to choose from. Some that take just 20 minutes a day. Nutrition plans that teach you how to eat healthy and still enjoy food. What we all have in common is we know it's not easy. So we help each other. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. That's why I'm inviting you to try our amazing Beachbody fitness and nutrition programs. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. You might think most banks are the same. At Premise, we agree. And we don't like it. Most banks have been given a pass. And we wondered why. Then... We wondered why not. Why not cut red tape? Why not offer actually free checking? Why not send a driver to you? Yeah, literally to your door. Premise is here to be different and be the first bank to get it right. Welcome to banking as it should be. Visit premisebank.com to see how. Member FDIC.
Welcome back. This is part two. This is where we're going to talk all about England put um, all the wrongs to rights and fucking bitch and moan and everything else about last night, the tournament um, and everything else. So welcome back. This is part two. Um, England then. We fucked it again. You were yeah. there, Omar. How was it? Yeah. Uh, on the pitch or off the pitch? Which one do you want well, first? Let's go. Let's go. Let's go off the pitch to an agree with atmosphere. I mean, right. the atmosphere on the telly sounded a bit flat compared to how it was previous games. I did feel that yesterday as well, to be fair. I think, well, it's a culmination of off the pitch and on the pitch with this statement, but I think we scored too early last night. And I, like, we scored obviously a couple of minutes in. I know, like, obviously, we scored a goal, whatever, but as soon as we had that goal, it was something to hold on for. And then naturally the team dropped deeper and deeper and deeper as the game went on. And that then caused, I think, a lot of the flatness in the crowd. Even I myself, I was like, I, I was just a nervous wreck for the whole second half yesterday, thinking, can we hold on? And that's the problem. We were holding on when we should have maybe maybe tried to go for a second or third um, if we was lucky enough to get out of position. But yeah, I'm gutted. I really am. And yeah, it was one of those days where I look back with pride and remember it forever. Um but you've got to be grateful for what we had, but it's such a missed opportunity after what could have been, really. No, I agree. And I think being a Millwall fan, it, 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 it trains you into these sort of games. Definitely. You know, you, you never expect anything until that final whistle's blown. So, you know, everyone's sitting there, oh, disappointed. Oh, listen, oh, to be fair, yeah, we wanted to win. Yes, we were positive we wanted to win. But deep down, we knew that we were going to end up doing something like this. And I'm not being funny. You score against the Italians within the first two minutes and then you sit back. All you're going to do is give the Italians time and time and time to break you down and they will break you down eventually. Yeah. You know, you should have just gone out. You scored one, gone, right, let's go for another one or two. Go in at half-time at 3-0 up. Then we would have really rattled the Italians. Then we would have probably seen a masterclass from um, their manager to try and get them back in the game. And then gone the penalties would have been superb. But once once you just sit back on the Italians, I mean, what what was the stats? Thirty four percent possession mm-hmm. overall. You can't do that. The Italians are going to eat you up. I'm surprised they didn't score more. To be fair, they're a good pool playing team. That's like you know you playing into their hands really when you have got like so Jorginho in there who plays Chelsea like just he ticks, ticks the game over just does it with consummate ease. Um, and yeah, I mean, they did deserve their guys to get back in the game. And yeah, like I said, like I don't begrudge Southgate to be honest. You know, hindsight is obviously a powerful thing, but got to be thankful for getting to a final. I suppose it's just yeah, it's a massively lost opportunity that you know could have been something. And of course, it's got to be fucking penalties that do us. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, well, we'll come to the penalties in a little bit. But Kai, what was your views of, of last night's game in in the ninety minutes? Um. First half was I was really pleased with the first half. I thought half time came at a good point, um, you know, and that goal early was was just such. Um, I think it just gave every 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 single person in the country just that hope, didn't it, that we were going to go on and and do the job. And unfortunately, we obviously didn't in the end. But um, we started really really well. I saw the uh, press conference from Gareth Southgate, and you know, I think the the system worked really well to begin with. The wing backs really wide, and um, Trippier put that ball in because well, it a perfect personally for me. I was you know, having a go at him for not putting it in quick enough. But his the way he waited for sure at the back post to arrive was was really, really clever. Um but it came half time came at a good point and I thought, you know what, we're gonna come on here and well we'll change our tactics, maybe bring someone on or do something because I felt like the game went a bit flat towards half time. 
Um, but just sitting in and letting the Italians come at us for the second half, well, you know, it wasn't the prettiest goal that they scored, but, you know, they won't mind. And it's, it was going to happen eventually if we kept sitting in. Um, but, yes, yeah, so I'm really disappointed that we couldn't win it in 90 minutes. Um, but, yeah, it, you know, altogether you have to feel... Uh, proud of the players um, for the journey they've been on, but um, yeah, disappointed in the end. I, I look, right. I, this is how I see it. Right, the the Italians were a team to be beat. They we we could have beaten them. I think if we had played slightly different, I think we could have had them. They they were a good team. They are a good team. They're thirty three games unbeaten. Um, we can't take that away from them. They are a good team. But there was there was games what they played. Um, Austria who took it to them. Um, and then obviously, um, who did they play the last one before we've done, we've done the same as uh, Spain, Spain again, took it to them and, and they looked uneasy. Um, Belgium but, too, they had in a quarterfinal. They, yeah. the, the run they had, like, you gotta give them credit. Like they, they deserve it. They're good. But I just think possibly on the night and, and, and again, it's probably not that popular decision, you know, coming, but I just think Southgate got his tactics slightly wrong. I just, I think he went in with, you know, we score, we sit back and we'll be able to hold it up, our players, blah, blah, blah. But the Italians, you can't do it. But take that aside, what Southgate and the England team has done over the last, what, six weeks, five, six weeks, he's probably changed the face of England forever going forward. We've united as a country. We've had more interaction with players. We feel as if we know the players more. Um, the press, the media team, um, the whole lot considering around the England setup, the FA, etc., etc., I think has, has given us a good insight into the how the team works together, everything else. But again, we just don't seem to be able to finish that final point. And, well. you know... You know, Mickey, like, put it this way, if, if Rashford tucks that penalty away and we're three to up with two to go, I'm not suggesting then Sancho and Saka then go on to score their goals, but it's just fine margin to them. We would be on this show right now, Drew yeah, 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 yeah. delighted yeah, yeah, ever, and we'd be going, Southgate, you're the one. And he is yeah, still the yeah. one, but... I don't the, disagree with that. I think, I think he is. The thing is, is though, like, your he's... point about game, like, the, how the tactics and stuff, I think he got it right. I think the only thing I'm lamenting for is putting a 19-year-old on the fifth penalty. That's the only thing I'll, I'll, I'll yep, put him for. And also Sancho as well. I mean, like obviously, he's decided he's their penalty taker. He's seen him probably take penalties. They probably do penalties every other day in training for the whole tournament and practiced it and it's been there. But a crunch penalty to keep you in the game, you send Saka to take that fifth penalty. I don't know. I think... Grealish said he, he put his hand up to take a penalty. I'm sure a couple of others might have done. But you look at Maguire, for example, for the second penalty, he steps up to it. I'm thinking, what the fuck is Maguire doing here? And I'm right behind it and it goes straight to the top right corner. You're like, do you know what? Smashed, Fair play. Fair play. And like, yeah, yeah, went off. Like, yeah, but like, that's what you, but I, I, I don't forgive him for putting an 18, 19 year old on the last penalty. And he said he took full responsibility for it this morning. And to be honest with you, I blame him for that. That's the only thing I think he got wrong. With tournament football, like the game management and playing to still be in the game, it works in the long run. And that's why we got to the final. A lot of games where oh, we definitely. nursed our way through and stuff like that. But yeah, like it's just we got so close. As, so yeah, close. We got better as the tournament went on. If, if you know, what the fuck did Rashford do? I don't know. What I don't know why he tried to fucking, yeah. you know, 
palm it with his foot, mate. Uh, he should have just fucking. He's waiting for the keeper it. to go down. That's what they yeah. always do. Like, like how Jorginho yeah. did for when Pickford saved it. Like a lot of players wait for them to. But that keeper is one of commit. the best. Yeah, he's well, six foot five. He's won the fucking. He's won the player of the tournament. You ain't gonna. You know, mm. I understand why. You know, Grealish has missed his last penalty. I mean, I think um, Sterling scored two in his last five. You know, I understand why, but yeah, they should have been there. They should have gone. Yeah, go. For, I'm taking this. I want this. Yeah. I'm, I'll and on Rashford, like he's changed his penalty technique or something because. He's took crunch penalties for United before yeah. PSG away. I remember when they qualified for like the semi final Champions League. He steps up to it and he's 95th minute of added time and he, he buries it, but he runs up to it confident and tucks it away. And he said today, like in his statement he's put on Twitter, that he, he didn't feel confident. And I, I guess if he's still putting himself forward to take a penalty, just the nerves got a better of him. Like, that's the only thing you got to say, really. But you, you've got to understand, yeah, playing club football and playing football for your country has to be completely different. You know, playing at Old Trafford in front of 90,000 fans when majority of them are your fans can't be that scary. You know, you're, you you know they're on your side. But suddenly going to Wembley and, you know, 60,000, 70,000, possibly more, which we'll get onto in a bit. But you just, do you know what I mean? You must have that fear of this is a different meaning. Do you know what I mean? It's not, oh, well, we might be out of a little cup or we might be... You know, we didn't get these three points. It's now we didn't score. We didn't win. We now restart again in September and we need to qualify for the World Cup. That's it. How many people will be going to Hungary away in September? I'll be there. Yeah. <laughs> or how, how many people going to Andorra at home? Like, no, nah, it's, it's one of those things, isn't it? I suppose you can't. It's, it's, it's England. But we're used to it, man. It's my in my lifetime anyway. Germany, 2006, losing to Portugal on penalties. Rooney getting sent off. Ronaldo doing the wink. 2010, losing to Germany. You know, it's, it's England. Losing to Iceland in 2018 or 2016, whatever it was. It's England, mate. Yeah, this is England, mate. This is what we're about. <laughs> it's part and parcel of the following, but off the field. Mm. I, I've spoken to a few people um, and they reckon that there was fucking shitloads of strings there last night. Um, yeah. Look, right, let, let's stay where we are. Look, jibbing at football has gone on since the day of football, right? Whether or not you agree with it, you disagree with it, it is what it is and jibbing goes on. Everybody wants to get into things. The differences between club and country, I suppose, yesterday and, and club football is that club football, people try to jump over the fence, get in because they don't want to miss a massive club game. You know, Mill in a championship playoff game or, or a decider in the season, a cup game, whatever it is. Your, your club, you, you want to get in that game. If you can't get a ticket, you want to get in that game. So you're jibbing to the game, right? It is what it is. Facts. Whether or not you like it or not, it's part and parcel of football, unfortunately. As much as eating a fucking bag of chips and drinking a pint of lager, it is a part and parcel of football. You can't ever take that away. So don't try and go, oh, it's fucking bang out of order. Yeah, you might be pissed off because you paid six, seven hundred pound a ticket and someone sneaked through the barrier, but it goes on. It's fact. But there was so many fucking strings there last night, mate. Um, and the videos I've seen, people robbing fucking kiosks to fucking get stuff out of kiosks and, you know, and, and everything else to me just seemed fucking madness. They didn't, on a lot of the footage I've seen, they didn't even look like what I would class as football fans, if I'm honest. 
it's just a lot of young kids really like a lot of youths and stuff like that i mean the problem is is like we even i bumped into a few people on the tube down like from uh baker street i was coming back from and like it was about two or three o'clock just before i went to the pub like the green man over there and like i talked to a few people and they're like oh yeah we would come down for the day what do you mean he went oh we ain't got tickets we just come down for the day to get the atmosphere and stuff like that and i'm all for that i don't understand like you see what like Trafalgar square and stuff like that when we won again in the semi-finals and people surfing buses and all fucking things going on like and like even i thought yesterday free win i want to go back up london to celebrate and enjoy it into the early hours but i think the problem is is like at wembley especially with wembley way you're quite contained to one area and like no one was asked like when you got off the train if you've got a ticket or not and they couldn't really crowd control that so there's probably tens of thousands even maybe that might have been there yesterday about a ticket and like I said, like I'm all for it as in the atmosphere wise, but it just you, you get the scenes that happened unfortunately at the end there. I think that's that's what happened. Like you know, gates getting stormed in and stuff like that. But like you say, it happens in football. Like jibbing is definitely a thing. Don't get me wrong, but like it did, it did not, it didn't ruin it because like I don't give a shit. Like it didn't affect me directly, so I don't care. But it, as a whole, it definitely gives us a name that we're not about. But who cares? We're England, isn't it? Just like being yeah, but it's the same. It's, that's it. You know, no one likes us. We don't care. That's the that's the motto of Millwall. And to be fair, that's probably the motto what seems to have gone to England. The, mm-hmm. You know, the media wanted all this. Fucking people wanted this because, you know, they wanted it. I mean, some of the stuff that was coming out on Twitter yesterday was fucking bollocks. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, where people are going, you know, be careful, make sure you're going home in pairs and do this and do that. Listen, it's a game of football. Yeah. We lost the game of football. We don't, you know, listen, if you're an arsehole, right, or sorry, if you're a cunt, you're going to be a cunt regardless if we win, lose or draw. It don't make you any different just because we lost the game of football. Mm-hmm. I mean, we posted something on our Twitter feed, what, probably a month or so, a month and a half ago, something um, in line with a couple of mental health charities, just because obviously we've done a thing with uh, the proper men's club talking about men's suicide, you know, that it's a high level, blah, blah, blah. So we posted a load of helpline numbers, right? Samaritans, um, you know, domestic abuse, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it just got the normal usage, what it got at the time when you post it. Few people, you just, you know, you you get it shared around and people know that it's there and whatnot. Fuck me, last night my phone was pinging like a fucking lunatic with people who wouldn't be following us as a, as a football podcast, retweeting, liking, everything else, all these numbers, and you're just thinking, it's just... Oh, mate, really? I just why can't we ever just have a game of football and then come Monday morning, the press just go and analyse the football? Why does it always have to be? You know, the streaker on the pitch. Okay, do you know what? Fair enough, streaker on the pitch. That's what you would do. I think he fucked up. If you look at all the videos of what he did, he was running around with a t-shirt where he was trying to put on and he couldn't put it on because he was running too fast and then he fucking dropped the thing. So whoever paid him to do that. He's fucked because he obviously didn't put it on. And the fact that now he's going to be on a football banning order and he's going to be arrested and have a criminal offence for entering the field of play. And he's probably going to get a visit from the bill the next couple of he days. He probably didn't even have a ticket, Mickey, anyway. So, no. yeah. <laughs> but he matter. He's still, he's still nicked. He's, he's probably yeah. going to get banned from football for the next four or five years. He'll probably have a lifetime ban at Wembley. Um, I just think that yesterday... The only reason that people managed to get in Wembley is because Wembley security for fucking years and years and years has been shockingly shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, the last time we were there, when we had the playoffs, what was that? 2017. 17. Mm-hmm. 
going in, okay, I was in a box. I got invited into a box by a Millwall fan, Lord Kennedy, um, and well, I was in the box there. But you go in the proper way first, right? And then, obviously, you go up the extra step. But there was bods going in with big fucking bottles of beer. You know, mm. not the not the little 330 mils. I'm talking pint bottles of beer in their jackets, everything else, walking through the door, walking through security. Mm. And no one bats an eyelid. And the problem is, is that when you pay basic wages, people don't give a fuck. No. So, you know, all of this happens because we've been to Wembley loads of times and you know realistically that actually you could probably chance your luck there. You know, you could probably chance your luck and get in or do this, do that, because the old Bill don't want to go nowhere near Wembley because Wembley do not want to pay the old Bill so they stay off-site unless they get called in. And then it just leaves a free-for-all. It's... It's a fucking security nightmare. There's so many entrances in and out to that place. It is a security nightmare. That's why they don't like club football being played there. Mm-hmm. At hey, all. Uh, but, so I've, we, got, another, ask, I've got another show going on. I've got another show talking about the stewards and footage with a couple of crowd experts, hopefully over the next week or two. So um, we're going to that in more detail. We should probably prod Kai to see how he's doing with his hangover and stuff like that and see if it was yeah. worth it. He looks, he, he, he's, been, he's been quiet today. I know he's not been brought in much, but you all right over there, Kai? Kai, yeah, what did um, you, what was your drink? Um, it was, I can't even remember to be fair. I was getting bought drinks. Like, I don't even know what it was. <laughs> I, I was just at the club and watching the game and people were just buying me drinks like Guinness and stuff. And I've never even had Guinness before. Very but they were like, oh, everyone was like, have this, have this. I was like, okay then. Just Guinness is then. lovely. <laughs> Did you like Guinness or, or not really? Well, that was quite late on. I can't remember what it tasted like now. It was all right. I think it was all right. But the first one I had was like Foster's or something, um, okay. which obviously my, my dad's Australian, so that's an Australian drink. Yeah, don't but, tell, yeah, but don't say to your dad that because he's Australian, he drinks Foster because he'll probably give you a smack around the head. Because he doesn't um, like Foster's. No, no, <laughs> most Australians don't. But it's like us with um, Carlsberg. No, Carlin. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Foster's is the equivalent of our Carlin. It's shit and piss water, but everybody else who, who don't live here drinks it. I've warmed so, to it, though. I'll tell you what, over the tournament, because a lot of times I've been drinking it, and I've been drinking with a lot of boys from like rugby and up north and stuff. And like, yeah, I've, been, I've, been, I've had a few Carlins recently, so I've started to warm to it a little bit, but still not. I prefer, you know, your Stellas and your Peronis and stuff like that normally. <laughs> so, obviously, you're a bit delicate now, but before we um, we come to the end of the show, what is your we we'll go with you first, Kai, as you've been a bit suffering to a degree, quietly suffering. Um what's your best moment out of the tournament and your worst moment of the tournament? Best moment would have to be when Harry Kane scored his first goal um against Germany to basically wrap it up. Uh I thought that was really special. I just thought the way that everyone had sort of doubted him um over the last week the week before. And then the way he scores, basically the goal that makes it comfortable against against the Germans, that was such a great win. Um, I thought that was really special. Um, my worst moment, well, I think it has to be the penalty miss last night. But that's no, um, that's nothing against ba- uh, Bakayo Saka because I thought that takes huge guts to, to to stand up and take that take that penalty there and then. So um, yeah, respect. Go the loads of like got so much respect for, um, for him, and and just, it just that just has takes so much courage to, to take a penalty like that. I agree, I agree. Omar? Uh, best moment, I think, as a general, 
the last 16 months we've had with COVID and there you go, I said the COVID word, but with everything going on and, you know, the, like being locked down, not being able to go to football, the best thing for me was, uh, and obviously the games were great, Germany games probably the standout for me as well, like Kai said there, but just being in a crowd where there was no masks, it was all there together, having a sing song, having a few beers in the pub beforehand, going along Wembley Way, albeit yesterday was a bit of a treacherous one, but, you know, just being back into football, what football is to me, and it's a day out with your mates, having a good laugh and cheering on a football team that you all support. I think that's like the creme de creme for me, and I can't wait for next season for that to come back with our beloved Millwall. Um, low point, yeah, the penalty miss yesterday is a sore one. Um yeah, I, I'll go for last night as penalty miss, but also drawing against Scotland and Scotland fans piping up acting like they've got three points off us. So there you go. Yeah, I think I think the Kane goal was superb. Beating Germany was superb, but I think um, the Czech goal against Scotland. Nice, good call. Um, I think that has to be the standout because that was just fucking goal yeah. of the tournament. That was unbelievable. But you know what, I. The other thing what I think is good for this season, how many people wrote Shaw off before this tournament? Jose uh, said that Shaw was shite. Da, 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 da. Now he's <laughs> fucking dynamite. Gareth Southgate's on the roll. Da, 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 da. Now it's fucking coming home. You know, heard that one. That's, that's what they started singing the last couple of games. I think a United fan came up with it. Mate, good chart that. Yeah, sure, I agree with you, man. And scoring the goal yesterday topped it off for him, wasn't it? That was a class goal. I mean, obviously, we had the benefit of watching it on telly, seeing the replays and everything else. But that was just that was just taken so cleanly. And the fact that he just kicked it to the ground, so that it it, it just took that slight that slight wobble off the off the grass. And it was just a superb goal. I mean, should just scored know. it two minutes before the end of the first half and not two yeah. minutes into the first half. Then yeah, yeah. I'll be with you. <laughs> yeah, no, I think, I think there, and I think, you know, given a 19 year old, all that pressure, um, sticking him to take number five, realistically, Harry Kane should have either took number five or we should have stuck fucking, um, McGri- um what's his name? Fucking Maguire. To take the last one because he just he was a man on a mission, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, you don't see many fucking penalty kicks like that. I mean, he broke the camera, he just literally placed it down, and it was you could see the intent in his eyes that no fucker's gonna save this. I'm just having it. Um, do you agree with the player of the tournament? Who got it in the end? Was it um, yeah, uh. Yeah, I'd say so. Pickford got a golden glove though, didn't he? Which was obviously a nice one for him. Five clean sheets out of seven. Um, yeah, Donnarumma is he's a good keeper, isn't it? But I will say, like, obviously, he saved three penalties, but I think, well, he saved two and obviously Rashford from one, but the penalties were poor. But, you know, credit him, he still saved them. I, I would thought Pickford's saves were better. 100%. Yeah. Pickford's yeah. saves were class. Yeah. yeah. No, Pickford, who, who's your best England player for the tournament? I think this is the where this is like contentious one, right? Because... My two, if I, I can't really separate the two, is Phillips and Rice. And yeah, they both play for Leeds and fucking West Ham. But you know what? Like, I thought Rice last night before he came off for Henderson, which was a bit of a weird one, was outstanding. And Phillips in general, all tournaments, just proved a lot of people wrong, I think, getting his place in the team. The two of them together have just been unreal in midfield for us. And don't forget, two seasons ago, Rice was in the Championship. Yeah. Or oh, Phillips was, not Rice. Phillips, not Rice. Yeah, Phillips yeah. was. 
um, in the championship. And you mm. just think that, you know, that just shows players playing in the lower leagues that, you know, realistically anything is possible, which mm. is good about Southgate. Yeah. That, you know, he, I think over all the years previous, it's always been about the egos getting them in. And now it's about the players, what can fit the system and play the game. Mm. So, yeah, well, look, hey-ho. Uh, it's about 18 months' time when we play in Qatar. Um, you know, I think it is what it is. Um, the, you know, the racial abuse and everything else which seems to have taken place over the fact that the players, uh, the England players who didn't score is pretty fucking disgusting, if you ask Key- me. Keyboard warriors hiding behind the picture. That's, yeah, that's it, yeah. so there you go. You know, there, there's loads going up. There's loads going off. You know, I've seen it, you know, stuff going off there's a a large company i'm not going to name who uh one of their employers or one of their employees was allegedly uh posting racial messages um which is under investigation but the damage that's going to do to them is is fucking madness um hopefully the government the police will do something about it uh there is a petition being pushed around by the Millwall players which was started by katie price over the abuse where her son gets online that you need to have uh, verified ID to be able to open the social media account. It, will it work? Will it not? It, it, you know, it will go away in, in, in ending this, but unfortunately a world of social media is all about being anonymous and, uh, and, you know, being able to hide in the shadows. Um, mm. I think it's a very, very small minority of people. I don't think it's massive. And, I think England as a football team shows how diverse, how multicultural, um, uh, you know, the world is today. And I think it's, uh, you know, the way forward, I think, to a degree. And we just need to get on and support whoever's playing. Doesn't really, I, I don't really look at the players' skin colour when I support England. I just support the three lines, what they're wearing on their shirt. Mm-hmm. 100%, mate. I think we're done. Agreed. We are. Kai, you want to got any hangover cures or are you done? Um, I'm done. Apart from just like to say that the that I think this England side have, have brought um, I think they've brought the fans a lot closer to the actual team. Um, the stuff they've done in the communities as well. Uh, players like Marcus Rashford, Sterling, Henderson. Um, they've they've made the country proud of them again. So yeah, I'm buzzing for the World Cup and yeah, can't wait for it. Excellent. You all done, Omar? Yeah, just looking forward to not hearing it's coming home for 15 months. Even though I'm the main culprit of it to sing it all the time. <laughs> I'm done. I think you know what? Like I'm retiring for a little while until the what is it the fifth of August? Then we go again. So that's it. So yeah, well look, there's no part three today. If you want a part three, then you can make your own part three. But we are done. Um, good luck to Steve Cavanaugh this week, uh, who's riding from the den, I think it is to Bournemouth, um, on the prostate cancer challenge. Um, I think it's close to him. I think he lost his dad to uh, to prostate cancer. So if you do want to sponsor the links are on, uh, I think the mill website and newsletters, what we've been begging for it. But other than that, we're done for another week. Thank you very much for joining us. Remember five star review. You can find us across all social media, just using our handle, which is that mill pod. That's me, Omar and Kai. We're done for another week. We're fucking off. Enjoy your rest of the week and speak to you next week.
93 days of summer, where worship isn't offered to the sun, but to the smoking tire, the S-curve, and the spin turn. And if you ride it, make sure you do it in a Dodge Charger, Challenger, or Durango. Because on this highway, the lines being blurred are the ones between drivers and demons. Welcome to Highway 93. Dodge is a registered trademark. Progressive is America's number one motorcycle insurer, so we understand motorcycles. No, really, we have a bike translator. Okay, so this bike says she is struggling with her place in the motorcycle community. Well, she says she hasn't peaked yet, but she's having a little epiphany, okay? Oh, that maybe life itself is the peak. Hmm, interesting. In my experience, I found that... Oh, so I just translate. Not allowed to have opinions. Got it. Quote with Progressive and see if you could save with America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.